needs go home by the way of the cross there's no other way but this I should ne'er get sight of the gates of life if the way of the cross I miss the way of the cross leads home the way of the cross leads home it is sweet to I must needs go on in the blood-sprinkled way, the path that the Savior trod. If I never climb to the heights sublime, where the soul is at home with God, the way of the cross leads home. The way of the cross leads home. It is sweet to know as I Good morning, Brinesburg. It is good to see you on this Sunday morning. I hope you've had a good week. Again, I hope you've had that opportunity this week to be able to share with someone. I praise the Lord that already this morning I've heard of opportunities uh, that many have had uh, to share the gospel this week, to, to be able to encourage folks this week, and we praise the Lord for that. And uh, if you didn't have that opportunity, perhaps the Lord will give you that this afternoon. Uh, but we're so glad to be together today. 
to worship our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. For those of you that are joining us through television or through Facebook Live, we'd like to welcome you this morning. I'm Brother Brad Walker, and I am the pastor here at Brinesford Baptist Church, and we're glad to have you. Uh, For those of you on Facebook Live, if you would like to uh, let us know that you're there in the comment section, we always enjoy knowing who's joining us on any given Sunday. And then maybe there's a prayer need, maybe there's a way that we could uh, reach out and minister to you uh, more effectively. And so let us know about that in the comments section as well. And we've got folks that are monitoring that today and would love to reach out and connect with you. Uh, perhaps this is your first opportunity to be with us here at Brownsburg and our worship center as well. We'd like to welcome you today. And uh, you'll notice that in the pew in front of you, there is a card. Uh, you can fill that out and place it in the offering plate as it comes by here just in a little while. And uh, that's an opportunity for uh, us to be able to connect with you. And uh, actually, that offering plate is in the back uh, as you leave. Uh, So if you'll place that in there, uh, we appreciate that. Also, uh, many things going on. hope that you have looked at your bulletin. Uh, One of those important announcements is that today is the deadline uh, for the crossings uh, camp for kids, for the deposit to be paid. And so please help us with that by getting that in either this morning or this evening. Also, notice the WMU meeting uh, on Tuesday. That has been canceled, and we're inviting you to be a part of uh, the uh, Yarndall Mission Project that's going to be at 10 o'clock on Saturday in the Activity Center, and so please notice that. Also, uh, our baby dedication coming up next Sunday morning. If you have had a child in this time since we've had our last baby dedication, I believe that's been two years now because of everything with COVID, uh, we'd love to be able to have uh, you here next Sunday to be able to dedicate that little one and uh, need to dedicate your family to the Lord in, in raising those children. And so uh, if you haven't yet gotten the information about that, hopefully that was mailed to you already. But if you haven't gotten that, let us know today, and we'll get that to you. But we do uh, need that in by Tuesday. Also, the senior meal coming up uh, next Tuesday, May 11th. And uh, if you haven't already signed up, please help us with that. Just need to know about how many we need to transport and also getting reservations for the meal. So help us with that. And then uh, Graduate Sunday coming up on May 16th, uh, we do need some information. I know that I've already gotten it from one family, but need it from every family that has a graduating senior. So if you can help us with that, we appreciate that as well. And then VBS, can't wait for our week of VBS coming up June the 21st through the 25th. And again, uh, we need workers, we need teachers, we need volunteers in the kitchen and uh, the other uh, activity areas. And so if you can help us, please uh, do let Allison know about that. Uh, We need to get that signed up for very quickly, as VBS only happens because of our volunteers. And so that ministry that we have that week in the lives of these young people only happens when you volunteer. And so uh, we really do need you to step up. I know with everything that's gone on, the national average right now is that most churches are down 25% of their workers. But Brinesburg, we're not going to be like every other church, are we? Uh, We're going to step up and we're going to work. And so maybe you said, well, maybe I'll step back because of COVID. We can't have that. We've got to have workers. And so um, please pray about helping us uh, with VBS. That's one of the big weeks here. We're going to have a lot of kids, and we need a lot of workers. And so if you can help in any of those areas, maybe you don't feel comfortable in one area, but you'd be willing to help in another. Just let Allison know about that, and we'll get you signed up so you can be a part of what God's going to do during that amazing week of pouring into the lives of children. And so uh, please pray about that and, uh, and help us June the 21st through the 25th. So a lot going on. Remember the uh, National Day of Prayer coming up on Thursday and uh, many other opportunities for you to be plugged in. Again, we do have many on our prayer list this week. I'm sure, uh, like our Sunday school class, your class had many that you mentioned as well. 
uh, folks that uh, are in need of, of physical healing perhaps, uh, maybe relationships or financial needs uh, inside of families. But again, our greatest need is to see the lost saved. For those who do not yet have that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, that they would come to know him and uh, the Lord would give us the opportunities to be able to share. And so we want to pray specifically in that area uh, this morning. Perhaps there's somebody that you know who maybe they've made a decision and they haven't made that public to the church for us to be able to celebrate it. Maybe that's what we need to pray about this morning. Uh, but let, let's lift up all of these needs together as we go to the Lord in prayer today. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. And Lord, thank you for the opportunity to spend time in worship through song and to lift up our hearts and our voices to you, to come before you. And as we study this morning during Sunday school, to have the privilege to pray, to have the privilege to intercede on behalf of others. Lord, this morning to be able to, to lift up the needs maybe within our own lives. Maybe we've got somebody that's lost and we're praying for them. There's a need within our family and we're praying for that need. Uh, maybe we just recognize the need within our church. Uh, Lord, we, we, we're seeing new, new folks. Lord, we, we praise you for that. We're, we're, we're desiring to continue to reach out to this community in an impactful way. And so, Lord, just help us, uh, Lord, to see the areas where you would have us to work, Lord, where you would have us to serve, where you would have us to go on mission. Lord, just give us open hearts and, and Lord, uh, ears to hear when you call, and, Lord, receptive hearts to go. And so, Lord, today, uh, you know every need in this place. Uh, but specifically, you know the needs of those who are lost today. Lord, you know the fear, perhaps, in the hearts of some of, of making that decision, of just stepping out and saying yes to, to that relationship with Jesus. Lord, give them courage. Help them to do what, you know, what they know that, that you're calling them to do today. Lord, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love you, Lord. I lift my voice to worship you, oh my soul, rejoice, take joy, my King, in one you. and love at the 
feet of Jesus and we cry holy 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 we cry holy 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 we cry holy 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 is the Lamb Stand with me. Sing these great melodies again. Here we go. Here we go. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more and the morning breaks eternal bright and fair when the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore and the roll is called up yonder I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder Some glad morning when this life is o'er, I'll fly away to a home on God's celestial shore. I'll fly away, I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away when I die.
Tim's going to come and share with you. When I come to the end of my just began to sing love's sweet story. See, it's a song that the angels cannot sing. Cause I'm redeemed by the blood of my Savior. 
and 10,000 years or more, I'll praise his name. 10,000 years will just be started. 10,000 years and we Victory's been won. Ten thousand years, and we just begun. Ten thousand years, we'll just be Thank you, Brother Tim, for that special music. Thank you for the worship today, Brother Rockney. What a, what a wonderful time of worship we've had. Uh, after singing all those songs, can, can you guess what the message is about this morning? Come on. Heaven, that's right. Good job. Good job. Exactly. I, you know, I had one person come last week, and they said, I don't know about all these Sermons in Revelation, kind of heavy with talking about hell all the time. I said, well, come back next week. Come back next week. They didn't. Uh, but I said, come back next week. <laughs> because we're going to be talking about heaven. And isn't that a wonderful thing for us to be focused on our home forever and ever. After 10,000 years, we've just begun. We're talking about heaven this morning. And so turn with me to Revelation chapter 14 again this morning. And uh, we're going to be focusing this morning on the end is the beginning for the saints. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you, Lord, that we have the assurance of eternity with you. And Lord, we look at all of the amazing things about the place we call heaven, but nothing is as amazing as your presence there. Lord, if it was all removed and the only thing that was there was your presence, it would still be the grandest place imaginable. 
And so, Lord, today, we thank you for the assurance that you give us, not just today, but for eternity, of the ability in relationship with you for us to be in your presence forever and ever and ever. Thank you for that great peace that it brings into our hearts and lives to know that we are held by you. Lord, I know I've got some folks here this morning, some friends here this morning. They don't yet know you as Savior and Lord. And today they're wondering what I'm talking about. This idea of this assurance, this idea of peace that passes understanding of, of eternity in your presence. Lord, help them to hear today. Help them to hear as you call their name. Because, Lord, I know you desire a relationship with them. I pray they are listening today. I pray they are paying attention. And I pray they recognize their sin and their great need to repent of that sin and to cry out to you to come into their heart and into their life as Lord and as Savior. Lord, I know that I'm a very weak vessel, so hide me behind the cross that only you be seen and only you be heard. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So last week was a bit heavy, wasn't it? Last week as, as we were in verses 6 through 11, we see that there are three angels sent by the Lord to announce his judgment of damnation upon this world and this world system. And those verses tell us about that horrific place called hell, a place where there will be suffering forever and ever and ever. It's sad that there will be people who, re who will reject the message of the gospel. There will be people who will be in a church setting maybe every Sunday of their life and they will continually week after week after week reject that message of the gospel. And, and because of their rejection of a relationship with Jesus, they will spend an eternity in this place that is called hell. But let me tell you something this morning. If you are not saved, I challenge you to come to Christ today. Because hell is not a place that you have to go to. Hell is a place that you choose to go to when you, when you reject Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so all the horrific things we, we heard about hell last week, you don't have to experience those things. If you will just recognize your sin, repent of that sin, and come to Jesus. I don't believe you really want to go to hell. I don't believe anybody really wants to go to hell. I believe a lot of people just put off and put off and put off the decision to come to Christ until it is finally too late. And we, as we talked about last week, where you find yourself at the end of this life, the decision that you made before the end of your life, if you've accepted Christ, you're going to spend an eternity in heaven, which we're going to talk about today. But if you've rejected him throughout your entirety of life and, and death comes and you haven't ever made a, relation, a decision for a relationship with Jesus, where you find yourself at that moment is where you will spend eternity. And so that's what we need to think about today. Do you really want to spend eternity separated from God in hell? Do you really want to do that? Do you really want to go to hell? Because you can be saved. Jesus wants a relationship with you. Don't put it off another day. And what a contrast there is when we come to verse 12 this morning. What a contrast between what we saw last week and what we are going to hear in verses 12 and 13 today. We leave the wrath and the judgment of verses 6 through 11. And we're exposed to the sweet fragrance of God's grace here in verses 12 and 13. Having declared his judgment 
against wickedness, God now demonstrates his grace towards the righteous. Having shown us the wicked, God now cast a spotlight on, this faith, on the faithful remnant during the tribulation. He says, you've seen the, the wicked ones. Now, now I want you to see my children. And so these verses show us what will happen to the saints of God when this life ends. When life in, in, in this world is over. When we leave this earth and all the pain and all the sorrow and all, all the death of this world behind. Now we've seen the hellish side of death. So now let's examine the heavenly side of death. What awaits the sinner is gruesome. However, what awaits the saint is glorious. So let's look at it this morning. Please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word. Revelation 14, 12 and 13. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God. And the faith of Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. You may be seated. I want you to see three things this morning. First look with me at verse 12. And we see the proclamation of their faithfulness. That word patience literally means steadfast endurance. It's the picture of a person who cannot be swayed from their simple faith in devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in spite of all the horror of the tribulation period and the threats from Antichrist, we see that these faithful believers have remained faithful to the Lord until the end. They refused to bow to this world. They refused to give their worship to the devil. They, they have endured every attack, every affliction with the confident knowledge that their God was executing a perfect eternal plan. They were faithful even unto death, knowing that in the end that their faith would be vindicated and that Satan and his kingdom would be judged. These people knew that they were part of the victorious people of God, even while they suffered. And that's a lesson that we would do well to learn in our current situation in this culture today. This world and the devil are always trying to get us to compromise. Little by little, little increment by little increment, this world desires that we compromise more and more of our relationship with Christ, doesn't it? There, there, there's a challenge to each of us as, as parents, as grandparents, as, as students, as, as workers in the, in the public sector. There, there are these little places in life where we can either compromise or we can stand steadfast. And that's what we see happening here. There's a constant barrage designed to cause us to abandon God in little ways, day by day. To abandon the way of righteousness. And the devil would love nothing better than for us to get our eyes off of Jesus and his will for our lives and for, for his church. He would love for us to lower our standards. He'd love for us to, to relax our hold on our convictions and abandon the way of righteousness, especially in these days. And you know what? It would be easier, wouldn't it? In this world, it would be easier to do that. It would be easier. It would, it, it would cause the church 
to be a whole lot more acceptable in the eyes of the community, wouldn't it? If we would just relax a little bit. If we didn't take the Bible so seriously, we'd be accepted by a whole lot more people. It would, it would take some of the pressure off. You know what the only problem is? The only problem is it would offend God. It would offend God. It would cause him to remove his power from our midst. It would cause him to write Ichabod over the door of the church like he has done to countless other local churches. The best course of action in this day is the same course of action chosen by the saints in these verses. It's the course of action that is so beautifully articulated by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We are to stay the course for the glory of God. The world might not accept your efforts for the Lord, but God does. He sees every sacrifice in his name, and he will reward his people in due time. I love the illustration that Jesus gives us in Matthew 25, 34 through 40. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was a hungered, and you gave me meat. And I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. And I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. And then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily, I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. But secondly, I want you to see in the second part of verse 12, the proof of their faithfulness. The proof of their faithfulness. These people demonstrated their faithfulness to the Lord in two ways. First of all, they kept his commandments and secondly they kept the faith so when we obey the word of the Lord we prove that we love the Lord our obedience to the Lord is irrefutable evidence that we have experienced this new birth by keeping the faith these people had refused to deny Jesus and think about what that meant think about what it means during the tribulation period to refuse to deny Jesus. They had maintained their faith in him even when it meant it would cost them everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything. Many in the tribulation will go to their death rather than to deny the Lord Jesus Christ. How much easier it would have been for many of them to have denied Jesus with their lips while embracing him with their hearts. But these folks were not hypocrites. They would not deny him, even though it would cost them dearly. And by refusing to worship Antichrist, they will suffer greatly. They will not be able to buy or sell. And I want you to think about what that would mean today. If you were not allowed to buy or sell anything, 
Think about what that would mean to you and to your family. They will be hunted. They will be hounded. They will be executed for their allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ. And still, they will remain faithful. These suffering saints set a great example for those of us who, again, are living today in the culture that we are currently living in. As we know, the trend in the church and among church people in our day is many times to compromise with the world. And frankly, that's the easy path, and that's the path that, that is heavily being pressed upon us in every different direction. It's, it's, we're being called on to compromise in little ways and to try to fit ourselves into a box that the world has made rather than to do what Christ has called us to do. And, and, it, and it gains you favor with the world. Uh, and it helps you maybe grow in number even as a church when you compromise in, in this little way or that little way. It'll help you grow in, in, in number with certain people. However, when you compromise the Word of God, when, when you water down the gospel message, you forfeit the presence and the power of God. And so you, you might have a full house. You might have huge crowds at a particular event. You might have, you know, incredible financial security. But if there is no, no power, if the touch of God is not upon you, those, those amount to nothing when it comes to eternity. I love the, the words of, of that old hymn, I'd Rather Have Jesus. And we sing this from time to time. But the first verse says, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or land. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hand. The second verse says, I'd rather have Jesus than men's applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to his holy name. And then that beautiful chorus says, than to be the king of a vast domain or be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. Is that your heart cry? It, with everything that's going on in our world, with everything that is being thrown at us as the church today and as Christians today, can you truly say in the midst of it all that I'd rather have Jesus? That will be the testimony of these tribulation saints. But then thirdly, I want you to see the prophet of their faithfulness. The prophet of their faithfulness there in verse 13. From the worldly point of view, these people gave up a lot for their faith in Jesus Christ. They suffered and they starved, and they endured hardship that we really today, we can't even begin to imagine what these tribulation saints are going to go through. Men will watch their wives and children starve to death. Now guys, think about that as a husband and as a father. Can you imagine? For your faith in Jesus, you've got to watch your family die of starvation. It's horrifying. Mothers will have to watch their little children suffer and what did it profit them well what will be the payoff in the end from this suffering and from this pain this verse tells us about their future if you are saved it tells you about your future as well today first we're told that these people who will die in and for Jesus he uses the word blessed these folks that have suffered so much, these folks that have endured so much, he uses the word blessed, and that word has the idea of being happy. It means 
to be supremely blessed, fortunate, to be well off. The idea here is that those who die in the Lord leave a harsh and unfriendly world for a better place. For a better place. We have often heard it said when, when a believer dies, well, you know what? I, I, I can be at peace because they're better off now. They're better off now. Could there be a greater understatement in the world than from a person to go from being cancer-ridden to being in the presence of Jesus? For, for a person to, to struggle with, with, with mobility for years and to then be given a perfect body and be in the presence of Jesus? For, for, a, for a person to experience the hardships in this world of whatever it may be and then to go from that to being in the presence of Jesus, you think they might be better off? You think that might be a more blessed experience than what's going on in this world today? Yes, they're better off. It is so true. Paul knew that truth. Philippians 1.23, For I am a straight between two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. And then he says in 2 Timothy 4.6, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. The Apostle Paul understood the blessing for the saint of God of going home to glory, of being in the very presence of Jesus. How much greater that was than anything that we could experience in this world. And so death for the child of God is not some horrible monster that we, that we have made out it out to be. You know, we, we, we will do anything to avoid death, and, and for good reason. We don't want to leave our family. We don't want to leave our friends. We, we have children. We have grandchildren. I understand that. But we, as believers, we've made it into something that it really isn't. It's nothing more than a doorway that allows us to step out of time and in to eternity at home with Jesus. It is a portal that allows us to leave this land of death and to step in to a land of life. Death for the child of God is not some grinning devil, but it is a smiling friend that comes to usher us home into the waiting arms of our Savior. I love what Henry, Henry Van Dyke wrote in, in, a, in a wonderful poem that, that he wrote about death and, and what really is going on at death when it comes to, to the believer. And that's, it's entitled, Gone from My Sight. And he writes this, I'm standing upon the seashore. A ship at my side spreads her white sails to the morning breeze and starts for a blue ocean. She is an object of beauty and strength, and I stand and I watch her until at length she hangs a little speck of white cloud just where the sea and the sky come to mingle with each other. And then someone at my side says, there, she is gone. Gone where? Gone from my sight. That is all. She is just as large and massed and whole and of spirit as she was when she left my side. And she is just as able to bear her load of living freight to her destined port. Her diminished size is in me, not in her. And just at the moment when someone at my side says, there, she is gone, there are other eyes watching her coming, and other voices are ready to take up the glad shout, here she comes, and that is dying. Isn't that so true, church? Isn't that so true? That when this life for us is over, and when it seems to, to those who are left in this world, they say, 
he is gone, she is gone. We have so many of our, of our friends and, and family members and other loved ones who are on the other side. And they say, welcome home. Finally, you got here. We've been waiting. That is what it's going to be like. There is no comparison between what we have in this world and what will be ours when we get home to glory. This verse touches on two of the blessings that will, I believe, hold very special importance for the saints living through those horrors of the tribulation period of time. First, they will rest from their labors. They're going to rest from their labors. These people have labored for Jesus in a difficult day, and now they are going home to rest. The word labor does not refer to the act of working, but to the weariness that comes from working. Remember, we've talked about many times that before sin came in to this world, that God gave us the blessing, the blessing of working. Working gives us fulfillment and purpose in life. There's, there's nothing uh, of a punishment nature from work, but it's the weariness because of sin coming into, into this life that comes from work that is the problem. And so that word labor literally means a beating, a grief, a sorrow, a, a trouble. It can be used to speak of, of beating the breast in sorrow. And so this idea here is of a soldier who has fought in the campaign and, and, he, and he's battle weary and he needs some, some R&R after the hard battle. It's the picture of a sailor who has helped to guide a ship through a terrible, terrible storm and it's taken everything out of him. And he needs a time of shore leave to, to regain his strength and to rest. These saints gave their all for Jesus and here on this earth all they got in return for that was weariness of the flesh. It was grief. It was sorrow. And now they can go into the presence of the Lord and they can truly, for the very first time, experience rest. Rest in Him. The word rest means to cease from labor in the order to recover and to collect strength. It speaks of being in a state of refreshment. And so there is weariness in, in the work of God at times. In this world, because, because of the pain that many times it brings. But God's faithful servants get tired many days from all that they are doing. But there is coming a day of rest and refreshment for us. It's easy to get weary in service to the Lord. Many of you may be battle-weary this morning. You find yourself experiencing that, that feeling of just heaviness and of weariness. It gets hard to live for Jesus in a world that does not care about the name of Jesus and doesn't care about us because we claim the name of Jesus. It's hard to be holy in a godless world. It's, it's, it's hard to, to go through what we go through on a daily basis just to proclaim the name of Jesus. It makes you weary. And I want to encourage you as brothers and sisters in Christ this morning that there is coming a day of rest for us as well. One day we will step out of this world and we will enter into the very presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And when we arrive there, we will have laid aside the burdens and the cares and the labors of this life. And we will be able to find refreshment in the presence of Jesus. And by the way, he knows how to, ref to, how to refresh us here on this earth as well. He can give you strength that is sufficient for the day Therefore, let us carry on in spite of the weariness that we may feel from time to time. Let, let us not give up over weariness. Let us not come to that place where we throw in the, in the towel, where we throw up our hands, and we simply say, 
what's the use? It doesn't seem like I'm, I'm gaining any ground. It just seems like I'm losing ground every single day. God, help us to look beyond this hard hour and see a day when we will stand complete in his very presence. But also, they will be, revo- be rewarded for their labors. They will be rewarded for their labors. We're told that their works do follow them. In other words, their labor for the Lord in that dark day was not in vain. All that they experienced, all that they sacrificed was not in vain. God saw everything that they did for his glory, and he will reward them for it all. And that's how it is for us as children of God today. That's what it's like for us who have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We will stand in his presence and he will reward us for the things that he allowed us to do for his glory. Did you hear me? The things that he allowed us to do. Now, we don't have the strength to do any of this. But as a, as a child coming alongside a father just wanting to spend time with daddy, Jesus allows us to be a part of what he's doing. Isn't that awesome? He allows us to share the gospel. Some of you have helped us to share, you know, over 2,000 uh, gospel contacts uh, th- through uh, Gospel to Every Home just over the last few months. God allowed us to be a part of that. God allowed us to have those awesome conversations and to be able to be there to pray for folks maybe that were grieving after the loss of a loved one. He allowed us to encourage somebody who may have been out of church for some time. He allowed us to, to give a gospel witness and to share Jesus. He, he was doing the work, but he allowed us to come alongside. He allowed us to be a part of it. Isn't that awesome? He gave us the grace to do it. He gave us his spirit to empower us to do it. Anything that we have ever done for him has been done Because Jesus himself is the one who empowered us us to do it. Anything that you've ever done of any consequence for eternal glory has been done because Jesus Christ has empowered you and given you the ability to do it. And yet he is going to reward us for it. Isn't that amazing? He's the one that did all the heavy lifting. And yet he will reward us for being a part of it. That's an amazing truth. But that's just what it is. That is the truth. That's the promise that he has given to us. But listen to me. Do you know what we're going to do with those rewards? Do you know what we will do with those crowns that Jesus will bless us with? That the Father will give to us because of of whatever service that we may have done to the Lord here on this earth? Do you know what we will do? We're going to take those crowns off. And we are going to humbly walk to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we're going to kneel down and we're going to place those crowns at his feet. And that will be the most glorious thing that you have ever experienced. As that you will have a crown to lay at the feet of your Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's exactly the payoff for these tribulation saints. We sing what a day that will be and what a truth that is. What a day it will be. What a glorious day when we leave this world behind and when we experience the reward that the Lord has for us in heaven. The contrast in the destination of the lost and the destination of the saved could not be more different. Those who who reject Jesus Christ, they will spend They will spend eternity in hell. There is no two ways about it. Without a relationship with Jesus Christ, 
you will go to hell. It doesn't matter how many good things that you have done on this earth. It doesn't matter what everybody else thinks about you. It doesn't matter if everybody thinks you're, you're a saved person. Oh, he's got to be saved. He always comes to church. He, he helps with VBS. You know, he, he, he fixes things around the church. It doesn't matter. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you will be separated from the presence of God in hell for eternity. Those who receive him, th- those who have received Jesus Christ by faith, who've repented of sin and accepted Christ, it doesn't matter what the sin in your past may have been, because all of us have junk back there in our past. It doesn't matter how unworthy you think you are to have a relationship with Jesus. If you have repented of sin and trusted in Jesus Christ for a personal relationship to save you, you will spend a, an eternity, an eternity, that means forever and ever and ever, in the very presence of God in heaven. You will be with Jesus Christ at home in heaven forever, not because you deserve it, but because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, because he paid the price for you. Five seconds after you die, you will already be there. You're already going to be there. The moment that this life is over, the next moment, you will be wherever you will be for the rest of eternity. If you've accepted Christ, it's heaven. If you've rejected Christ, it will be hell, and there will be no transfer of destinations. Where you, where, where you land, after your last breath, where you find yourself, that next moment is where you will spend eternity. And we need to understand that this morning. Look at your spiritual condition right now. I want you to really search your heart right now. Not what everybody thinks about you. Not what the preacher thinks about you. But I want you to search your heart right now. And I want you to ask yourself, Do I have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Is there fruit in my life that points to the fact that I have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? If you can't ever remember coming into a relationship with Jesus, maybe you can't remember the the, the date and the time and everything else, but but you're going to remember that moment. You're going to remember that, yes, I remember when Jesus came into my life. If you can't remember that, there's a problem this morning, and it it needs to get fixed. You need to come to Jesus today. And so where do you see yourself? Five seconds after death, where would you be? If if this life was over in the next five seconds, where would you be? Where would you be? You know, in your heart of hearts, you know, where would you be? There's no reason for you not to have a relationship with Jesus. He loves you. He died for your sins. He desires. He desires. For you to have a relationship with him. That's his great desire. Is that all men might be saved. But all men will not be saved. Because not all men. Not all men will say yes. Not all men will will receive that free gift. And so this morning. If the Lord is speaking to your heart. If you know that he's speaking to you about salvation. I want you to come. If you don't feel comfortable coming all the way up front. If you feel like you need to talk to somebody. We got folks who will be in the back. You can go to the back. You can talk to somebody. I, that's fine. Maybe you're like, you know what? I don't know about coming all the way to the front, but I do want to talk to somebody. We got folks in the back that would love to talk to you. But don't leave this place without having that settled in your heart. 
Maybe this morning you recognize that Bridesford Baptist Church is your church home, but you've never made that official by joining this church family. Maybe you got questions about that. We can answer those as well. Maybe you just have a need to come to this altar and to pray, to lay something down. Maybe you feel like the Lord's calling you to missions or ministry of one type or another, and you'd like to talk to somebody about that. There's an opportunity to make decisions this morning. Be obedient. Jesus Christ went to the cross of Calvary. He died in your place. He paid the sin debt that you could never pay because he loves you. He wants a relationship with you. Would you say yes to him today? Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. And I know there is spiritual battles going on all over this church this morning. Lord, there are folks that are struggling today because they recognize that they are not saved. They know that. They know that they have never truly accepted you as Lord and Savior. And so today, I pray that you would just stir their heart. Stir it up in them to recognize the decision that needs to be made today. Lord, I pray for folks that need to come to this altar. I pray for folks that have other questions, Lord, that they'd feel the freedom to come. Lord, thank you for the work that you're doing in this church. Lord, thank you for conversations that we're being able to have on a weekly basis to your honor and glory. Lord, I pray today that your spirit would move in power. To your honor and glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.